0: Torah that uh, you've been uh, disseminating throughout uh, the Jewish world. Um, we are in the midst of the um, Yitzya Mitzrayim, the, the Pesukim, the Parashiyot from Shemot till right now of Yitzya Mitzrayim, and Hashem has been pummeling, he has been softening up, he's been punishing the uh, wicked Mitzrayim with the Eser Makot. Of course, not because they, they don't they don't uh, uh, deserve it. They deserve to die in their sleep. Hashem making all these open miracles for us. We deserve it because he loves us. He wants us to see his power and his kindliness and to, to get us prepared for Matan Torah. That's all the Esir Makkor is a preparation for us to be prepared for Matan Torah and to be refined for that Matan Torah. Now, 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 over, yeah, we know that uh, over here, this week's Parashah, we have the uh, knockout punch. The knockout punch, not. not you know, not to not to think that the makap the Bechorot was a pretty big knockout punch and to kill the Bechorot of the firstborn of the Egyptians, that was a tremendous knockout punch. But in case that didn't work. And in and we see Paro still pursued the Jewish people into the sea. So for Paro it didn't work. Uh, you know, how that happened, how that was it had Hashem hardened Hashem hardened his heart, Hashem wanted to make a demonstration. Again, it's for us. It's all for us. Everything call israel. Everything is for everything in this world. Is being uh, demonstrated for our for our uh, benefit. Okay, so in fact, we're we saying that Paro, even after all those miracles and he, he, even uh, that, that he saw, and the, the whole country was decimated, he still went ahead and pursued the Jewish people into the sea, and we know what happened with him. So now you have to know that Shabbat Shirah, that's this week Parasha, Shabbat Shirah, Parasha BeShalach, Az Yashir Moshe. Shabbat Shirah. And we're singing, we sang then, Moshe sang. Moshe sang, the Jewish people sang, and we're singing till today. And we're going to be singing all the way to B'yat HaMashiach. The idea is, it's such an important yesod of the of the Kriyat Shamsuv, the Shabbat Shira, that the Chazal have, us, have put it into our liturgy of our religion very often. And you have to, you have to uh, uh, notice that. Things that are put, is Tadir, it's called Tadir. Things that are put in, into our uh, religion very often it's very, very important. Hashem is putting it, is putting it in there because it's important for us to for it to sink into our uh, Nishama. So we know that we say az yashir every single day. We say it every single day in the prayers, and uh, and uh, that's a lot of days. That's three hundred sixty-five days a year. We're saying az yashir, so. So, so we say it as Yashir vay- VaYosha, we're singing Moshe's song, and we also said it this week's parashah, Parasha BeSal BeShalach. We said the As and also Shavu'isheil Pesach. We say the Az Yashir. So this song that Moshe sang is at uh, the root of our religion, the root of our beliefs, of um of our emunah. As is emunah, and we have to know that certainly Yitzchak Mitzrayim, the whole episode of Yitzhiar Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim is the foundation of Judaism, Zechel Mitzrayim. All the Mitzvot, most of them that we say Mitzvot is Zecheh Letziyat Mitzrayim. And it was witnessed by approximately 200, sorry, 2 million Jews and 1 million Erev 3 million people, Jews between 20 and 60. So it's more like uh, 6 million people between the women and the children. They all were there witnessing the Yetzirah Mitzrayim and the Kiryat Jamsuv and the plagues. All there. So in order to put it into our bones now. So again, so we are, we are, we are coming to the, the, the Yitzhak Mitzrayim. The idea of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is that Hashem is running the world. Seiher Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Anuki Hashem Elokecha Shero Tziticha Meiris Mitzrayim. That's Hakarat <speaking in Hebrew> I am the Lord your God. That what? That took you out of Egypt. That you owe me. You owe me. You were slaves. I took you out of Egypt. You are beholding to me. Hashem is telling us right now one of the biggest mitzvot. Maybe the first mitzvah he's telling us right there. First mitzvah is hakarat Mitzvah of to be to have the midah. This midah, this character trait of recognizing and appreciating. Recognizing. hakarat means to recognize and appreciate and, and pay back for it. It's not for free. So that is what we're, we're learning about now. Mitzrayim. It's Now, we have to know that the galut Misraim was a uh, a refining a refining process for the uh, Matan Torah. It's called Kur Habbarzel. The Nabi calls it the Kur Habbarzel. It's an iron furnace. Misraim was an iron furnace and it produced a refined Jew. A refined Jew that got out of Yisrael Misraim emunah. refined Jew with emunah. Full of Yirat shamayim and emuna. That's what the Galut Misraim and Mishlei tells us about refining. It says, A kur, as we said, is a special kind of furnace. It's a furnace that refines gold. So, a is a special kind of a furnace that, that refines kesef. That's silver. That's a pretty hot furnace, but not as hot as a furnace that refines gold. A kur bekuur refines gold. That's even hotter. Because gold is more uh, more precious. And they ladle off the dross. you, you one fifth was the best that were 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 to matan Torah uh, to beyond Har Sinai matan Torah. That's v'hamushim. Yes, hamushim means rabbis tell us one fifth. Some say even one out of five hundred. So, so, so these, so that is, that is all this process of of uh, the Eser makot, and now we're going to get to keriat it's All a process of of refinement of elevation of the Jewish people. But over here, the Mishlei is telling us. Let's explain that for a second. So, Mishlea is telling us, how can you tell about people? You can tell about silver by by putting it in this special oven called a Matsref. You can tell about gold by putting it in the special oven called a kur. But how can you tell about people? It's more important than uh, silver and gold. So Mishlea is telling us, how, to, how can you discern about a person? Because it's very important when you meet people. Let's say you want to... Uh, uh, you're meeting a certain uh, boy for your daughter, or or a daughter for your boy, and you want to know about this person. So the Mishleh is giving us advice, stratagems. Mishleh is a book of stratagems. So he says, Ish, and Ish, how could tell a person? Kefi mahalalo. Kefi mahalalo on the first level means how people are extolling him, how people are praising him, what are people saying about him, what's his reputation. Kefi mahalalo. That it's very important, and it's important for us to gain a good reputation. So, so we have to listen to what people in general are saying about this person. But another way to learn, it additionally, additionally, is kefi mahalalo. You learn, you can learn about a person according to what he praises. What is the person praising? What does he hold important? Does he hold only? Does he hold important? He's learning some Torah. He holds it important. He went to a nice Shi'ut. He holds it important. He's got excited about it. Or, or, or let's say, a person only holds important his uh, work. His job all he talks about is his business and it's the only thing he talks about but that's what's important to him so you are what you praise that's the idea you are what you praise that's that's what you are and also with the extent of the enthusiasm that you praise it that's another level you see a person he says uh, says talks about his uh, learning let's say but when he talks about it with enthusiasm you see he means business and that means that he becomes what he praises now we have to know hashem is thinking about the Torah, he's thinking we we're, we're reading the parasha because that's what Hashem is thinking. That's the and he's thinking this week a lot about a lot of things. He's thinking about keriach Suf. He's thinking about the man fell down for forty years. He's thinking about uh, uh, that miracle how Moshe threw the etz that stick the branch into the water and it became sweet. He's thinking about Amalek. He's talking he's thinking about the uh, the war against Amalek. And he's thinking about that. So Hashem is thinking about a lot of things in this week's parasha. Milhamet amalek. So, so, so let's go through some of these things that he's thinking about. Certainly, the the cornerstone of the parasha is keriat Jamsuf. So Hashem is thinking about it, and this, this is a stupendous miracle, and it's a tremendous miracle, and it dwarfs all the other ten plagues by comparison. The, 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 the. Uh, Yamsuf is Hayad HaGedola. That's when we read Hayad. Yad means a hand, a great hand. But by the Kinim, it says, Etzpa Elohim Hi, the finger of God. The Khartoumim, the magicians, they couldn't uh, emulate, they couldn't copy the, uh, the Kinim because it was, a, and they saw, it because it was so small. But they said, oh, this is definitely the finger of God. We can't, we can't uh, make any magic and make this Kinim. We see here the finger of God, but by the Yamsuf, they saw the Hand of God. Not only that, we, we, as we read in the Haggadah, there wasn't one miracle in the Kiryat Jamsuv. There was 250 miracles on the Yam. 250 miracles on the Yam. Picture that in your mind forever. You have to picture that. Splitting of the sea. you have to have a picture. That's called Tziyurim. Make it Tziyur in your mind. Very important to have that picture in your mind of these Kiryat Jamsuf and even the Ten Plagues. Have those pictures. That's why it's good to buy a picture book. Very good picture but good haggadah with pictures, and you go through them with your uh, children and your grandchildren and with yourself, and you have nice authentic uh, pictures that uh, depict these uh, the the frogs and the locusts and the wild animals and the splitting of the sea. Wow, this is an unbelievable thing. Because just to think about it without a picture, it's not it's not as good. But that picture sinks into your mind and. It, it lasts a long time. Lasts, those pictures you can't get out of your mind, actually. And we want them to stay in our mind. There's pictures of your mind. So, also, some more pictures over here by Kedacham So We have a picture of Moshe. Moshe, before, Moshe lifts his hand with the stick. Abraham. Hashem told him, lift your hand over the uh, sea. And he has his, his, his stick in his hand, and he lifts it, and all of a sudden, the sea parts, opens up. And at the end of the day, as you know, he lifts his hand one more time and the sea crashes down and it kills all the Egyptians. Baruch Hashem. It's fun when you see your uh, enemy that's trying to kill you uh, get uh, get theirs. Don't think it's not fun. You know how we know it's fun? Because Moshe sang. As Yashir Moshe. When Moshe saw this, he sang a great song. And we're singing it for the last 330, we think last 3,300 years. We're still singing that song every day. Every day. We don't want to lose sight of it, you know. We have to know this was the Kiracham was is written out in our Torah to embed it into our neshama and our emuna, and we should know that it was it, it 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 happened just the way it says it in our Torah. Now, also another picture, some more pictures we should have is the wind. Hashem brought a wind the whole night, the night before, with a heavy wind. Now, Hashem didn't need a wind and didn't need a stick and didn't need anybody to raise their arms. So, was he bringing all these winds and stick and arm? What was he bringing that for? Well, again, Hashem doesn't like to do open miracles, so he brings these items in order to hide it a little bit. Of course, a wind can never part the sea, no matter how strong the wind was. And, and how are you going to bring the sea back? The wind can't uh, bring the sea back, especially only on our enemies. This is an open, wide open mi- miracle of miracles. But still, Hashem brings certain things in order to trip up certain people. Yes, Hashem. Hashem's ways are righteous. Sadiq will go with those ways because he sees he's not going to be tripped up with the wind and with the stick and with the uh, and with the, with the with the with these and raising their hands. He doesn't get tripped up with that stuff. That's to trip up people that are that are uh, on the edge, people that are uh, looking to be tripped up. They want to be uh, fooled. They want to be off the derek. So those people, you know, they, they, they could, they're looking to be tripped up. So they're looking for these things. Now, 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 now we know that Hashem doesn't want to do open miracles, so He hides, he hides Himself behind these uh, natural uh, things—a wind and a stick, these kind of things. Um, in fact, all the ten plays, you know, He He didn't He He made uh, so He He tried to hide them all. Hashem with, with throwing the uh, throwing the dirt and the, the kifshana ash, the ashes in the air to bring down the boils, whatever else Hashem did. To, to hide these, of course, they were wide open, and very difficult to hide those uh, miracles. But Hashem still doesn't like to do any wide, wide, wide open miracles. Even as much, even as even so much so, and Hashem brings light into the world. Hashem, the whole world is lit up. Yehi Or, the first of the Bayomers, Yehi and there should be light. Now at that time there was there was no sun. It was the sun was the, the sun was made on the uh, fourth day. So Hashem, again, he, he doesn't need the sun to bring light in the world, but He brings the sun to hide the source of the light in the world, because otherwise it would be a wide-open miracle, and it will you know, take away a lot of the free will in the world. So Hashem brings the sun for our benefit, to 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 maintain the free will, for we can gain and get reward, and also uh, the opposite. So another picture you should have in your mind, <clears throat> by the Yamsuf is there was a pillar of fire, Amud Esh. A pillar of fire. And Paro and pillar of fire that was holding back the uh, chariots and the army of Paro, held between the Jewish people and the Egyptians. And uh, and Paro came with 600 chariots, 600 special chariots with the special people in order to uh, strike the uh, Jewish people. And all, even all the rest of the army came. But this this was all the trap. All the trap for Paro Hashem set it up, and at the end, Paro was stuck. He couldn't get out of it, and the water closed up on our enemies, on the, on these murderers, Baruch Hashem. Now we have to know. Moshe and Bnei Seir and the ladies all sang. All of them, they all sang, and that's our model. As we know, King David, David and Meir, that we say it on Wednesdays. We say, "Kel nekamot Hashem, Kel Hashem is the God of vengeance." And it means we don't take vengeance. Hashem takes vengeance. But we have to notice when Hashem takes the vengeance. He takes vengeance on the Rishayim. They don't get away with it. And he says, King David is saying, Please, you judge of the world. I want you to be elevated, you judge of the world. Think King David loved Hashem. And he, he didn't want people in the whole world. He wanted them to also love Hashem. So he wants Hashem, please be elevated. How are you going to do that? Please. Bring a recompense upon the wicked. Now, King David could have said, feed the world. be a pretty good thing to do. He feeds the world anyway. Hashem, uh, King David could have said, uh, heal the sick. That would have been a very big uh, miracle. Maybe that would have uh, elevated Hashem throughout the world. I'm sure it would have. But he didn't say that. King David said, Hashem, people, that will, King David said, that will bring people to notice that there's a God in the world because people think that uh, wicked people get, can get away with it, things in this world. So when we see, that wicked people don't get away with it in this world then that will bring people to again at shamaim and the gemara tells us that moshe and david lo amru shira shir that moshe Rabbeinu and david the didn't say didn't sing until they saw the downfall of the wicked as we say over here az yashir when did he az yashir when he saw the bodies on the riverbed az yashir moshe Moshe saw the body. He saw the retribution. He saw Hashem's nekama, nekama, and these Re-Shayin, that were killing, killing babies, killing Jews, ki- killing. You know, they were murdering, murdering yehudim. So, when Moshe saw that there was retribution on these people, that there's a God in the world, that there's a just, there's justice in the world. Then, as he waited, as Yeshiv Moshe, then he sang, and and we have to know that 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 uh, David Amerech, the same thing. They call her a We say it every day, three times a day. Say, in a shre, etireav, called her a shame, Yashmid. Say, King David said, They call the shame, teilat, the shame of the beer beam. Very conversation was on my Hallelujah. King David doesn't say that word hallelujah in the Ashre, until he says, It called her a shame, yeshmeen. When he sees all the wicked being, uh, taken care of, being decimated, being destroyed, then and only then was he able to say the word hallelujah Also in the of Afshi, King David holds it back. The last word in the of Afshi is hallelujah When he says, chata'im ur When there's no more Sha'im, then he can say hallelujah Now, some people take that, you know, take that the wrong way. Or maybe they say, what do you mean that people being killed over here? Well, we have to know that our... Hashem Himself is not happy to destroy His creations, no. But we, when we see these things, when we see the Sha'im being being destroyed, we, Hashem is doing this, this here in order for us to gain an object lesson that, and we have to gain this lesson to improve ourselves in this world. So if we were just to say that you know, uh, if we don't uh, improve from these things, and Hashem said, you know, I'm I'm carrying out these kinds of justice for no reason, It says so it says, um, oh, so Hashem says, "My creations, Masey Adai, my handiwork, is being drowned in the sea, and you're making, you're saying shira? But He's talking to the angels; He's not talking to the to the people, because Moshe Rabbeinu said shira. so we know He said Az Yashir he's talking to the angels you cannot say shira the angels also wanted to sing but the angels have no right to sing because they they do not improve the angels are omdim they stay the same and they are not gaining any uh, benefit from seeing Hashem's creations being destroyed and therefore they have no right they have no right to sing but the B'nai Israel have to sing Rav used to say it in a different way dai, tovim bayam and you're not and you're not singing. It'd be a waste of uh, the waste of retribution if you don't sing. That'd be a very bad uh, thing to do. Not 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 a good thing to do. Terrible. Hashem said, I'm, I'm I'm doing this for your your benefit, Jewish people, and you're not gaining the benefit. So you have to know when we see Haman hanging from the tree. Haman, Haman tried to kill all the Jewish people. Haman was no less than Paro. Haman was was uh, Hitler. He tried to kill all the Jewish people, and at the end, he was dangling from the tree. He was swaying from the tree. Now, we certainly didn't feel bad for Haman. No. No. We say, Baruch Hashem, we sat and sang, we created a holiday, Purim, the happiest holiday in the year. Why? It because, was, because, when we see that there's, the wicked are getting what they deserve, we see there's, we see that there's a judge and a just, there's justice. And judgment in the world, and that is a very comforting uh, idea, very comforting factor, because we see that Hashem does take out judgment in this world. Of course, when we don't see it in this world, we have to have the emunah that it's being taken out in the next world, and that's even worse. That's even worse. Judgment in the next world is is judgment forever. That's forever. We know that the Hitler's getting it every day in the next world. You got to believe that, like the hand in front of your face. He's being. That's why the rabbi used to say it. He's being. He's being tortured and burnt and being reconstituted and tortured and burnt and reconstituted over and over and over and over and screaming. He's screaming. Got to hear him screaming. And We don't feel bad for him. We feel that's a, it's a good thing to hear him scream. And there's no teshuvah. By the way, I, wanna, I don't want to break it to you, but there's no teshuvah in the next world. The only time you can make teshuvah is in this world over here. You can make restitution. You can make teshubah. You can make repentance in this world over here. So now, Another important factor in the Kedach Yamsuf is that not only did Hashem destroy our enemy, destroy, save us, destroy our enemies, but he saved us from our enemies. So one thing, it's like in the Eser Makot. He hurt the Egyptians and he saved us. No, None of the Jews were hurt in the Eser Makot. None of them. And over here also, the Jewish people went through the Yamsuf. They got through clean. And it's important, again, to see that there's a judge in the world to show show that there's not a helter-skelter world, that there's somebody in charge, that there's a pilot running the uh, plane. To think that there's no pilot running the plane, that's the worst feeling in the whole wide world. Like you're on a jet plane, and all of a sudden you go up to the cockpit, and you don't see the pilot in the cockpit. The plane is uh, on its own. That's terrible. So if you would think, Chas Shalom. That the cockpit, the, the the captain of the of the universe, God Himself. That he's, when you can see that there's retribution, it reminds you again that there's that there's a captain in the cockpit. That he's taking care of things in the world. That things don't just slip by him. He's taking care of everything. And Hashem even takes care of a blade of grass, as we know. Not not even a blade of grass can grow without His hashkacha. In the uh, before we get, I would like to tell you this idea, a tremendous idea on uh, Kiryat So, the uh, the Gemara tells us literally, it means it's difficult. Mezonotav normally means it means the, the food, but over here, let's call it making a living, making a living, meaning getting food or putting food on your table literally means kashir, difficult. How difficult? it says It's as difficult as kiryat yamsuf. Okay, that's the Pashtut of the Ma'amar, that it's very difficult. But the rabbi, Rebbe Miller, says, he explains it a little bit differently. He says, well, you can't compare earning a living to kiryat yamsuf. I mean, earning a living is basically anybody can go out and get a job and earn a living. Maybe, maybe a meager living but he'll be able to put food on his table. he just get a job, whatever it is. If he has to sweep a street, any kind of job, he should be able to do it. So, certain is, certainly is a much bigger uh, miracle, much bigger item than uh, get, getting uh, sustenance on your table. So the rabbi explains it like this. Hashem shel adam. The, the bringing of food to the world, food to, to feed the world is Kiryat Yamsuf. It's difficult like Kiryat Yamsuf. So how could you compare the two? How do you compare the two? Kiryat is a wide-open, unbelievable miracle And bringing food to the world. So, so the rabbi says, no, you understand? Bringing food to the world is many, 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 many. Thousands and hundreds of thousands of miracles are involved with bringing food to the world. You have the sun in the sky. You have the soil, so many uh, living things in the soil. You got the air, the atmosphere, carbon dioxide, photosynthesis, all things going on. You have food. You have uh, uh, animals, cows, sheep, uh, all these things. People eat. Hashem brought chickens and uh, and um, and um, all other animals, all the kosher, kosher animals and even unkosher animals. Hashem bringing them. He's feeding the world. What about all the fish in the world? Psh, unbelievable! Though you have the the ocean is a basin of fish that's feeding the whole world, whether it's Kosher fish, certainly for kosher fish. Or it's lobsters and clams and crabs feeding a lot of the world. They eat that that stuff. Eels and all kinds of stuff. And it's feeding mankind. So we have to see that there's millions and millions and millions of miracles that are going on. And these is kashe. It's difficult for Hashem. What's so difficult? It's difficult because it's open miracles. These These miracles of feeding the world, we have to try to notice it there, no less open miracles and more of them than splitting the sea. And therefore, it's kasher, difficult fashion. Why? Because He, again, Hashem doesn't like to do open miracles in the world because it's, it's upsetting the balance of free will in the world. But the idea is for us to notice it. When we're stultified by, you know, food, by tomatoes coming out of the ground, why should a tomato come out of the ground? That's an open miracle. Or had an apple plops out of a tree. You have wood, a tree, and then a stem, and then an apple plops out of a tree or a uh, a peach plopping out of a tree and you open up the peach and what do you have in there you have a hard you have a hard seed the seed is a, the, the 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 nut inside the peach and inside that is a, is a, you crack it open and there is a seed that creates another peach pit peach pit is inside the peach the pit and that peach pit very difficult to open that peach pit it's very hard very hard and then we're looking at ash that the seed is inside of it, and that's of course t'ubishpat, which we're uh, coming on to hear a little bit, and um, and Hashem is telling you when in the in the uh, third day of creation, Hashem zera zera zar obo, He says it no less than five times the word zera zera means a seed, and the seed is inside of it. It's peri or se peri, a fruit tree that's making more fruit. How can it make more? That's called reproduction. Inside that fruit. The tomato is a fruit. There's seeds inside the tomato. Let's take a an easy one: the apple. You open up the apple. There's seeds inside the apple. That's a fruit, and that those seeds can make another apple tree, another apple tree with more apples coming out of the apple tree, with with more seeds inside of those apples. This is unbelievable uh, contrivance. That's a contrivance. This is a this is a wonder upon wonder, wondrous miracles, and that those apple seeds you plant them, they'll never create. An orange tree. Orange. Oh, why not? Why not? That's called know. That's a gezerah Hashem. It's a commandment. Shezar me bo lemino. Es peri lemino. According to its own kind. Right? The same thing with animals. You have animals, two rabbits give another rabbit. Bats will give another another bat. Bats are mammals, by the way. Your bats, they'll have reproduction, they'll give another bat. But two bats won't give a horse. And two horses, Two horses won't give a sheep. Why not? Let me know. Because there's a commandment of Hashem to that that the propagation only gives to its own species, to its own kind. Why should it be that way? Because Hashem commanded it that way. That's kizera. People only give people. They don't give other things. And right, uh, giraffes only give baby giraffes. They don't give rhinoceroses. So this is a something we have to notice and look at. Especially now, where we're talking about the fruit. So again, with, let's look at the peach pit for a second. And the peach pit is a very wondrous uh, item. In fact, when you, next time you eat a peach, save the peach pit and put it on your desk. And it'll dry out. You'll see it. And then you'll shake it. You'll hear that the seeds inside of it. And the peach pit is very hard. In fact, it's so hard, so hard. for many reasons. Why did Hashem create it? Now, anytime you see anything in nature, anything in the world, you have to try to see why. Why is it this way? And the answer to the why is, Chesed Hashem Male'ah It's always chesed. Everything in the, in the world is, is, is the foundation of it. It boils down to chesed. boils down to kindliness. And the kindliness is basically for us, for Bin Adam. Of course, the whole world is created for Bin Adam. It wasn't created for camels. It was created for people. To serve men. The whole world is here to serve men. Not to serve baboons. Or dogs or cats; those are here to serve men. So, so we're seeing over here that that the um, the peach pit. We're trying to examine it, and it's very hard. And it would even you try to open it up with a hammer, and you crack it. It's very, you know, it doesn't. It's it's hard, very hard to open. And if you look at it carefully, you're going to notice that it's two halves, and the two halves are not exactly. Uh, uh, they don't exactly fit on top of each other. It's not an exact fit. And those two halves are glued together by a special glue. Special glue. They're gluing together the two halves of the peach pit. And and where did that glue come from? Where did it come from? It came from the peach tree? Where did the glue come from? That's a big question. Peach pit has glue gluing those two halves together. We have to examine it. Where did it come from? So so how are we going to get that peach pit open? You can't open it up. And inside that peach pit, is the main thing of the peach pit, that's the seed. Now the peach pit is so hard because it's protecting the main item in the peach pit, which is the seed, and the seed is the reproduction that has all the information on the DNA helix that's inside that peach pit. All the stuff, all the information, that's, that's uh, one million bits, the rabbi used to say, one million bits of information in order. And if they, weren't, if they were out of order, it wouldn't work. Out of order, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, to one million bits of information and a little bit out of order, and it wouldn't produce, it wouldn't work. So so we have to know and try to examine who put all that information, the wisdom, the power, and the kindness into the peach pit, and into the peach, peach seed, and the apple seed, and the orange seed, and the pear seed, and the and the baboon seed, and the bat seed, and start to examine that stuff. And you do, you become a big Baal Emunah. That's called shara Bechina of Rabbeinu Bakhia, of the Chobot HaLebabot. That's when you start examining those things there's no end you have an eye for it you have a mind for it and that's going to make you very very close to hashem it's going to make you very big emunai it's going to think you're going to think and you're going to fall in love with the maker and so over here that peach pit. We're, we're, we're working on that peach pit. peach pit and the peach pit we've got to get it open so what do you got to do you take that you take that peach pit and you put it into the soil now the soil has all kinds of things inside that soil. It has bacteria, it's got fungus, it has has, uh, earthworms, all kinds of things inside that soil. It's not dirt. And the soil starts to act onto the glue that's gluing the two halves together and what happens? The peach pit opens up by itself and then grows another peach tree with more peaches on it, with more peach pits inside of it, and this is called This is an unbelievable uh, system. It's a system of reproduction. And it's going throughout the whole world. The system of reproduction. Rabbi Miller once told me that reproduction is probably the greatest miracle in the whole wide world. Reproduction. And that's what we're talking about here on bo, That the seed is inside of it. So when you have your fruits tonight, don't spit out the seed. You have that pomegranate, take a look at the seed. Tell you, hold it up. And say, this is a bundle of emunah. The seed is a bundle of emunah, it's a contrivance, there's no end to the wisdom that went into the seed. And uh, the same with all the other pits, all the other seeds uh, that we have in all of our fruits, that they are the ones that are propagating, they are the ones that are uh, holding all the information. The seed has one million bits of information, all that information in order to make another another, another uh, peach tree. So we're telling over here how unbelievable how powerful the uh, miracle of food is! In fact, we say it on Shabbat. We say, the, we say, the, we say the Hodu. We say Hashem, ki, ki tov, ki hasdo. And said when we talked about this week, said, Le suf ki hasdo. Hashem split the sea into different sections. We know that He split them into twelve different sections. Of the sea to to house the twelve different tribes, and and He also did more miracles in the sea. Actually, there were 250 miracles in the sea. And he actually had in the sea, there were miracles of having fresh water coming out of the sides of the sea. Many, many miracles inside the sea. Many. And uh, the water, the floor was not muddy. It was a marble floor. They were able to walk beautiful, comfortable on the water. So so over here, now, after all these miracles, King David, David and Melech is leaving to the last item in the Hodu, he says, He says, Hashem gives food, he feeds the world. This is the greatest of all the miracles, even greater than Yetzirah Mitzrayim, greater than Kiryat Shamsuv, greater than the Ten Plagues. The greatest miracle in the world is, So if anybody ever asks you that question, what's the greatest miracle in the world that Hashem has done and does all the time, is, And you can point to this Pasuk over here, in the Hodu, he leaves the best to last. Now, we are uh, examining a few ideas in the Az Yashir. And one big idea is Sus bayam. Moshe is saying this here with Luach He's saying, Sus bayam. A horse and his rider, he hurled into the into the sea. Hurled. hurled. Who hurled? Hashem hurled him. The source and the rider. Now you have to know these horses weren't regular horses. They were horses that were breeded to put to, to trample Jews. These big fat horses, and they were breeded to trample Jews. They were they were guard guard horses, terrible killer horses, and the Jewish people were had a lot of fear of those horses. Certainly, after 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 you know a couple of hundred years being uh, oppressed by these horses and their riders, horse and their riders. So Hashem took those horses and their riders, and he threw them. He hurled them into the sea. So, so we see over here. It, it looks looks like a you know a small thing. Hashem, you know. So he hurled the the horse and the rider. But Hashem is is that a big uh, deal? I mean, Hashem uh, holds up the whole uh, cosmos. He hurled stars in the sky. So this seems like very small compared to the power of Hashem that He does all over the universe. Now, the Chobot HaRavot is teaching us that any small grain of additional emunah that a person can gain, even a small grain, this looks like compared to the other stuff, this is small. But when you could see... That horse being thrown into the sea, that is something we have to hang on to. And it's very, very important. And this is emunah, T- this is the, this little grain of emunah will bring your whole level of emunah higher. Higher. But another idea rabbi is bringing over here is like this. He says, the waters were them The waters were protected. It means that a wall. It was a wall. The wall means that the waters protected them from the arrows of the enemy. The enemy, the misdemeanor, had arrows. They were shooting at them. But the walls of the water was protecting them from these arrows and the Bnei Yisrael had feared the water no less than they had feared the enemy. Oh, this is a big idea now. Listen to this idea. You have to know that Bnei Yisrael were running and they were leaving Messiah, and they got up to the sea. There was nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. And Hashem told them, What are you crying? Go tell the Jewish people to continue to go. Just walk in. Of course, we know the story. One. One man, Ashram bin Amin some say the whole shevet of Benyamin, they jumped in and they took the first step and then finally the sea parted. But it, had, it was waiting for this emunah of this man to jump in. But the be that as it may, the little children and women, and the, the, it looked like the end for us. They're going to drown in the sea. That was our worst enemy. Now, we saw that Hashem had caused the waters to become our protector. Now, this isn't our protector, because it drowned our worst enemy in the water. It drowned the Mitzrim. We thought the water was our worst enemy, but it turned out that, our worst, that that the water was our best friend. this is a very big ploy that Hashem uses throughout history. And we'll bring a couple of examples right now. Robert Miller brings a couple of examples that our worst enemy could become our best. Because the truth of the matter is our worst enemy, what we think our perceived worst enemy is in our perception. But Hashem is the one that brought that item. So, so he could make that, that worst enemy into your, best, into your best friend if you plug into that. Hashem is doing it. Now over here, again, the worst enemy was the water. But our other worst enemy was Paro and his and his chariots. They're coming to murder to kill us. So, so now Hashem took our worst enemy, the water, and he drowned our worst enemy, the Paro, and in the it, it became our protector, became our ally. So this is an important part of Hashem's plan where he demonstrates that he alone controls men's fate by causing their salvation to come from what seemed to be the peril itself. The salvation is coming from what seemed to be the danger itself. And here's a couple of examples. The daughter of the oppressor, Paro, was the one that rescued Moshe, who defeated the oppressor. Right? Bat Paro, she was the daughter of our oppressor, of our worst enemy, worst enemy. And she rescued Moshe, who defeated Paro. Unbelievable thing. Now, the fear of vice reason of Egypt, Yosef, he cast terror upon the sons of Yaakov. Now, he, it, it, he put them in jail, Shimon in jail, and he, he uh, made them scared, very scared of him, and uh, they actually, at one time point, they were going to try to kill him again. So, now, turned out to be Yosef, and that was the savior of the family. He turned out to be their best friend. He was always their best friend. They just didn't know it. Sometimes your, your worst enemy was always your best friend. You just didn't know it. And you have to know that Hashem, it's in Hashem's hands and Hashem is the one that's making that person or that thing your worst enemy or your or your best friend. You have to address the source. You address Hashem. He's he's holding the stick. It's not the stick. It's the one that's holding the stick. So she, so over here, we see that Yosef was the, was the great friend. Egypt, uh, another example. Egypt, the land of Israel's degradation and servitude. Right, uh, two hundred and ten years in Egypt became the place where the nation increased at a rate never after equaled. We increased to become a great nation of, of millions, millions in that in the land of Egypt. In fact we have to, we have a, actually have a Hakaratat for that, and that's in the halakha. So so we we thought it was the worst place for us and it was a terrible place. But however, on the other side it was a good place for us that we we Hashem put us in a place that we were able to paruva yishesuva yirbu me odme od. And the Egyptians didn't, uh, weren't like the Nazis. They didn't, they didn't uh, open up concentration camps and kill us. We were, we were allowed to flourish. We even had our own land, Goshen, over there. Not that the Egyptians weren't there. They were murderers. They were whatever they were. But still, they didn't. There, was a land of law and order. Rabbi Miller said, and they couldn't just uh, have an execution uh, like the, like the Nazis. They couldn't do such a thing, because because they were still somewhat of a law and order land. And the people themselves went to gone for it. So over here, Hashem has thereby instilled in us the great awareness and serenity, the bitahon. Bitahon and Hashem by demonstrating that Hashem is in control, and He can turn our foe. Here's the key: He can turn our foe, the sea, into our friend who destroys our enemies, the Egyptians. And that's throughout history. Throughout history, we've had people that uh, were very looked like they were. They became our allies. And they, uh, they they joined our team. They helped us out. So we say over here that uh, we say that the Jewish people pointed and they say They pointed. They got They were pointing, pointing to the water as if they saw, They saw an image. They were they they reached a very high level of of neviut, uh, a prophecy. Also ani. You have to make a beautiful, you have to make, when you, you have to beautify Hashem. All your misvot should be beautiful. Beautiful talet, a beautiful tzitzit, a beautiful teak, a beautiful Torah, beautiful. And also, Ani Avambeu, even more important, Ani ba'hu. You should be like Hashem. Be like Hashem. Mahu Avata. Hashem is the kadosh. You should be like Hashem. Now over here, we come to this uh, special... Uh, episode of mara mara is a very special episode mara the jewish people came at him and they have full of enthusiasm full of emunah but they had the three days with no water now now don't they get the wrong impression three days with children and kids and everything they're screaming they have no water no water means no life they have nothing to drink and it looked like it looked bad for them so they were they were crying to moshe and and, and maybe you should take us you know they're saying some some strong things which they didn't mean Take, maybe take it. Why would you take us out of Israel? Look what happened. So Moshe certainly he, he prayed to Hashem, and Hashem brought an, a miracle, uh, an open miracle. They took. He told Moshe, take a, a branch which was a bit from a bitter tree, a bitter tree. The waters were bitter; he couldn't drink them. They take a branch from the bitter tree. Maybe you'd say, hey, take a branch from a sweet tree. That might you know look a little more better. No, he wanted again to hide the miracle. Take a branch from the bitter tree and throw it into the water. But tekhu ha'mayim. And the waters became sweet. Now, this is a tremendous miracle. And the idea is for us to gain from it. And we can gain from it every day. Every day we drink we drink water. So before you drink the water, don't just drink the water. Hold up the water and take a look at it. See that it's clear. It's clear. It's beautiful. Hashem made it clear. So if there's any bugs in there or rocks in there, you wouldn't drink it. Because your body is 90% water. and You need water to live. Hashem made it that way. So he made it clear so you could see through it. Now that's a very big thought. Some people never thought that their whole lives. And we shouldn't waste our lives. When well, next time you look at it, we'll look at it and say, wow, Hashem made a gorgeous water for me. Thank you very much. Nice and clear. It's not like milk. Milk, you couldn't see through the milk. And oil also is cloudy. But water is perfectly clear, clear because you need it to be that way. And Hashem made it that way. And many other reasons which I, which was beyond me. And, and water, so we hold up that water every day. We drink a glass of water. You should say the words which you meant say, This water that we're drinking is no less than a miracle than when Moshe made the water sweet by mara. How's that, Rabbi Miller Used to he used to on this. He used to get very happy when he told this over. He said because the water that you're drinking basically is from the ocean. The ocean is brine. You can't drink that water. Try to put a glass of water in the ocean and drink it. You'll, you'll choke. So what does Hashem do? Hashem makes a contrivance, makes a stratagem. He puts in the in the sky. A sun in the sky, 93 million miles away, far away, 93 million miles. And that sun is beating down tons of horsepower onto the ocean. And it's uh, distilling the water. And it's evaporating water. And a water vapor is going to rise against gravity, a miracle. And that water vapor is clear, pure water. And that water vapor is going up and forming clouds. And it's forming clouds, and uh, the clouds are full of pure water that's about to water to to irrigate the earth to give us life. Water is life, by the way. Water is life. So without water, there's no food, there's no nothing. But the water in the clouds, is, 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 if it just stayed over the water, it's not going to help anybody. It's going to help the fish, because the water, the rain, just going to going to rain back into the ocean. What's going to do for anybody? But now Hashem brings another miracle. Nobody knows where it comes from. Mashib haruach Hashem brings the wind to blow blow the water blow those clouds over onto the landmass, that we can enjoy that we can, in, we can enjoy those water. and those waters benefit us so when you drink that glass of water think about it and uh and and when you when you have your tubish bat and you're having all that beautiful fruit think about the the uh think about the water that it took to irrigate, irrigate those fruits and the water where did it come from came from the ocean that was irrigated, that was purified, no less than the waters in Mara that were purified by the miracle of the stick, the piece of tree that was bitter, that Hashem told Moshe to throw into that bitter, bitter water and purify the water. So we should enjoy our tubish bat and we should think about Shabbat Shirah, splitting of the sea, this is imunah, that is staying with us, stayed with us for 3,300 years, and it should stay with us until the Begatta Mashiach. Have a great day.